episodes that we've done. I actually really didn't feel like recording an episode at the moment, but I thought this is kind of the point of the podcast, so let's kind of dive in and try to get some of this conversation flowing. With it being Memorial Day and it being a short week, I one didn't really want to record anything. Kind of thought I'd give myself an out and say, hey, it was a holiday. But honestly, it's just because my energy has been low. Um, It started a few weeks ago with the Ahmad shooting here in Georgia, and it continues on as we continue to learn about more of America being America as the country starts to reopen. After Ahmad, it kind of flowed into Joe Biden telling me I'm not black if I have to think about who I'm voting for, and Amy Cooper weaponizing her feelings to try and get a bird watcher in trouble because she's not getting her way and in right into George Floyd. And for me, just as these situations occur in our country, I don't like to talk about them. I feel like it becomes too heavy and my anxiety is already pretty crazy. So the constant conversation and thought about it is sometimes too much for me in the beginning. And that is my own process and story to have to work through. However, I'm not truly afforded that luxury as a black woman in corporate America. As these things occur, the first thing people want to do is reach out to the closest black person they know and get perspective to speak on it. And I'm from the suburbs, like I mentioned on floor two. So I'm quite used to having to speak for all black people at this point. But it does get old. It does get old having to represent what every black person should be thinking and feeling. And so it invalidates what I may be thinking and feeling because I don't want what my words say to be misconstrued for the next black person someone encounters. Like when Trump was elected, I knew it was coming. I'm one of the very few who was not going to be surprised on election night. In fact, I went to bed at 7.30 that evening and woke up and didn't even check the news or skim or anything. I knew. Um, I did go into work and I did have to sit through all of these people trying to gauge my, my perspective immediately. And it felt very fake. And I understand there was outrage amongst entire groups of people. So I won't just say the black community has something to have to say. But I felt like the only one in the office having to to explain stuff from 
from a black perspective. And the truth of the matter is it sucked. And instead of letting me process some of it, I had to now be vocally outraged and agree with everything that everyone else had going on. However, it truly frustrates me that the people we knew who were Trump supporters weren't being directed questions. How do you feel about the election? How did you feel about what people are saying about him? They got to win and they got to keep their peace. So it was almost like a double win for them. And the same thing here lately. I mean, after Joe Biden told Charlemagne, if you have to think about who you're voting for, then you're not black. One, how dare he? How dare he invalidate the idea that because we have concerns that we want to voice and ensure are being heard by the next elected official, then we aren't black. And who is he or anyone to tell me what being black is? It's tiring. We've had enough of it within our own community. Well, you ain't black if you don't do this. And you ain't black if you do do that. And you don't talk black. But how dare this white man come in here and tell us what black is or isn't? I'm sure he thought it was cute in the moment. I'm sure he thought he would get points for calling it out and being great but the backlash was not what he was expecting and the fact of the matter is he's not wrong because of this two-party system it's either vote for him or it is a vote for Trump and unfortunately Trump's got enough under his belt that is not quite as great so after that I was asked by co-workers immediately Oh, how did you feel about the Joe Biden comments? How did you feel about what Joe said? Are you are you still voting with what Joe said? And thankfully, it's all over slack now because we're still in this COVID situation. So I could roll my eyes and take the pause in the moment I needed to to collect myself. But in everyday corporate America, data just popped over at my desk. It had been a conversation over lunch in between what we were having to eat, and what we were doing this weekend. And I hear the, what do you think part, but at the very crux of it, you know, deep down in your soul, you know it's, how do black people feel? And I have had instances where people have boldly just come out and said, well, how are black people feeling? But the older I get, the more tact people start to get. And the truth of the matter is, it felt like somebody just knocked the wind out of you. That uh, the black vote was something to be had. It was something to be gathered. And we were just now trying to get away from black people as a group and start to get into the diversity within a race to start talking about problems. And now it's the black people as a group don't even matter. We don't even have to placate them anymore because you either vote for the man locking babies up in cages or you vote for this guy who just assumes he's got it in the bag. Then Amy Cooper came on the scene and we got to witness her fake outrage and fear in a phone call because a man told her she didn't need to have her dog running loose in the park. And regardless of there that there were signs that said that the dog needed to be leashed or whatever, the fact of the matter is 
Someone confronted her. She didn't like it. And she found a way to use a weapon that she didn't have on her. I'm going to call the police. And he was calm and he said, go right away. And she knew when she got on that phone call that if she didn't mention that he was an African-American man, nothing would really have been done. And then the screaming and the fear and the, the shaky voice, it's all an act and it's all a show and it's something that we've all seen. And by God, it is frustrating and it is annoying. But in this case, it is scary because that meant at that moment, she knew I'm not getting my way and I'm going to be able to control it with the police. That's scary. That's scary. And I'm not saying that it's not as scary as people being able to grab, tie, and lynch you. But it's still scary. And it's still unfortunate because people are going to invalidate it. And had that man not been an upstanding person or someone that they deemed willing to live, they'd have dug up his past. They'd had some arrest record on there picture of him when he was a kid sticking up his middle finger one we all have because thanks to myspace and facebook but she knew what the cops would do and she did it anyways and for a moment her losing her job the dog felt like justice felt like we were moving in the right direction and then the minneapolis police department decided to kill a man and it just reminds us that these, these cops can do that even when there's not a video rolling. And instead of me having the time to process everything that's circling on all at once during a pandemic, I'm getting pings and questions constantly on how do you feel and have you talked to this person or, or the same outrage and outreach. I mean, it's not always pointed sometimes it's to help but I have to go into work with things that aren't work on my mind and articulate them in a corporate setting I can't tell people to go fuck off and let me do my job because it's all I can handle at the moment and I can't tell people go ask your actual black friends because I come to work to get a paycheck. I am not your bestie to get the back black perspective on because if I do that, I'm the aggressor. I'm aggressive. I can't control my emotions in the office place, but no one else has to bring the weight of their race to the office. It's another job that I don't get paid for. And it's not one I signed up for. There's no contract. It's just assumed that it's a part of my job responsibility being a black woman in America. And there's no advice on this one. I don't have a better way that I deal with it. I don't know that there's a clean cut way to do it. It's just hard. It's just hard and frustrating. And if you're having to go through it, I understand and if you need to take a day off and you have the leadership to do it, take it. Use that day to space away from everything that's going on. Call in sick. Let 
Don't let that weight continue to be carried. And not everybody has that opportunity and that privilege. Some of us are going to have to push through and make it. Some of us are going to have to continue to to act like we're fine and to continue to be the mouthpiece for all black people. Because even in a pandemic, black people are meeting and, and we're talking about how we feel as a collective and voting on the narrative that is so that we can provide it to white people. But if you can, take some time, get your mental correct. Because if you do lose it, you will be the one in the wrong. There's no way in America that that's not going to be taken aggressively if you share your true emotions in the office place. You don't have to engage anyone on anything. And maybe there is a tactful way to say, hey, I'm processing it myself. And people will go away. But you and I both know that the hints aren't really ever taken. And the pushing and the prodding will continue until you give them some sort of perspective that they can sit and mull with and chat with with their friends. Well, I talked to my black friend at work and they said, it's not going away, but try your best and, and talk to your other black friends about it, pray about it, do what you can during these times. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry you have to be the representative in your workplace and I get it, it's no fun. And even if it's not your workplace, it's in social groups, it's in school. I get it. But try your best. Use every outlet you can. Try to keep your composure where you can. I know that's easier said than done, but it's just the reality of what we've got going on. And I promise next week we'll be a little more upbeat. Maybe they'll hold on killing us for a minute and I can talk about something I had regularly scheduled. (laughs) But the best made plans of mice and men. So as per usual, um, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow me on social media at underscore corporate court and send me your thoughts and feedback at the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the fourth floor next week. And until then, toodles.